This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Inside Story on BFM 89.9. Good evening, you're with Lee Chui Lin, Sharmila Ganesan and Sharat Kutin. Tonight, how important is social media going to be in the upcoming state elections? We'll be hearing from representatives from PKR, PAS and MUDA about their social media strategy and what priority they're giving it. So tell us, does social media influence the way you vote? You can call 777-332-900, tweet us at BFM Radio, send us a voice note or WhatsApp at our U-Mobile number 018-789-8899. This is Inside Story. It is 6.09. So we have a pretty packed show today. I'm just going to run quickly through some things. Essentially, August 12th is going to be polling day. Uh, July 29th will be nomination day. And I am talking about the six state elections that are incoming. So Kadak, Lantan, Trunganu, Penang, Selangor, Negeri Sembilan. August 8th is early voting. So that is where we stand. Um, and there have been been a number of pieces written, um, some analyses provided about all sorts of things, um, all the different permutations that might affect the way that this goes, um, questions about the green wave, questions about politicking. But today we are wanting to focus on social media because as we know, that is becoming an increasingly important aspect to think about, particularly when we're talking about changing minds, swaying people, uh, maybe even undecided voters. So many political analysts and experts are in agreement that social media will actually play a huge role when it comes to determining GE, uh, the, the state elections, much like GE15, in fact. So, for instance, Associate Professor Dr. Mohammad Yusri Ibrahim, who's head of research at Ilham Centre, said that the situation in GE15 will be repeated with the state elections because voters below the age of 29, especially first-time voters, won't really be making their choices early. They may not necessarily have loyalty to any party and might make their decision at the 11th hour based on what they see um, on, on social media and that whichever party or candidate dominates social media will be able to influence and persuade younger voters. And I think younger voters also is quite key when we talk about social media, right? Because they are the ones who get most of their information, updates, news from social media. They're also the kind who are able to discern and pick out what interests them in a, in a very specific way way. Yeah, I think when it comes to the the broad mass of uh, the undecided, we think of them as being youth and therefore the social media strategy targeting youth seems the most sensible, logical place to go. But actually, there are also a lot of people who've never voted before and they may be quite old, you know. And so the question is, how are parties going to be reaching out to those who never voted for, uh, before, who might be persuaded to come out this time around, uh, especially if they don't have any kind of preconceived notions of who they're going to vote for and they're undecided up to the last minute. So the other thing to consider with social media, I reckon, is how much it can achieve and what you're trying to achieve. Because is it a platform to communicate policy? Is it a platform to communicate um, arguments? Or is it a platform to communicate personality and mood and spirit um, of the party or, or what have you? And what can it achieve within relatively small blocks of time if we're talking about videos? Um, or what can it achieve in the broad, like, just general wall of sound that social media can be because there's so much other content, right? Um, you are not competing just with other social, uh, not just with other parties. You are communicating with basically content creators as a whole and, and that's a completely different space. So that reminds me of how uh, Parikata National in particular was using TikTok so actively before the general elections and actually to a fair amount of success it, it seemed like because people were sharing their TikToks and I do think that social media can impact the way people view parties, particularly in terms of swaying people who are maybe on the fence. I'm thinking about not just young people, but is it 2008, I believe, when PASS ran with Pakatan, with PKR? And I remember that all the Facebook posts of people convincing uh, your 
average voter who wouldn't vote for PAS and how all the here's how PAS can um, you know help you here's what they stand for here's why you should vote for them that had a huge impact and that was largely social media driven. Yeah, so that we have facts, we have personalities, we have narratives that will extend, you know, a person's sense of what a party stands for and, you know, where they fit into this. All, lots of things can be done, uh, but what's going to be the magic in it? Is it going to be the turnout? What, what kind of strategy is there? But today we're talking about social media strategy, and I think that's going to be interesting here from the different representatives. So we'll be starting off with hearing from PKR. Um, but we will also be hearing from PAS and later on MUDA. Let us know, does social media change the way you vote? You can call 7733-2900, send a voice note or WhatsApp 018-789-8899, tweet us at BFM Radio. After this, we'll be speaking with Datuk Mohamed Bakhtiawan Sheikh, Deputy Chairman of Pinanka Adilan and also their election campaign director. Keep it here on Inside Story, BFM 89.9. Big Front Man. BFM 89.9. It is 6.15 and you're listening to Inside Story with Lynn, Sharmila and Sharad. We're talking today about social media and politics, particularly how important, how crucial the role social media will play uh, in the state elections that are just around the corner, almost exactly a month from now, actually. So yes, tell us, uh, does social media change the way you vote? You can call 7733-2900, send a voice note or WhatsApp 018-789-8899, tweet us at BFM Radio. Joining us now, we have Datuk Mohamed Bakhtiawanchik, Deputy Chairman of PKR Penang, also their Election Campaign Director. Uh, Datuk Bakhtia, thanks for speaking with us. Um, now you will be leading the social media charge in Penang for the upcoming state election. Will Pakatan Harapan's strategy be distinct from other components in the unity government or will PH and BN coordinate? Well, uh, I'm uh, heading the Penang Kadilan state election machinery and uh, uh, our state level campaign team is called uh, Strategy, Penerangan and Komunikasi. So we handle all the social media aspects as, as far as uh, PH strategy uh, is concerned, it will be coordinated together with the Unity Government Secretariat, uh, which is uh, they call it Media uh, Perpaduan, uh, under the helm of Lokman Adam. So, FEDPM has launched it three weeks ago. So, to answer your question, I think PH strategy and media campaign um, cannot be in silo, it will be done together with BN. So, PH Vice President Roliza has said that uh, she wants that they want the voters to be fed more detailed and accurate information to help them make informed choices, which so much political messaging being shared on social media, and this of course includes fake news, is it really the right platform to do those things? Oh yes, uh, regardless of uh, personal preferences, I think uh, social media presence is uh, inevitable. Uh, I think um, social media is now being acknowledged as a powerful tool for the election campaigning. Uh, this fast, um, you know, it's free and allowing connection, uh, with, with broader, wider audience. So, uh, and also it's two-way traffic, so you can engage with the audience. But I'm sure social media is also, uh, pose a significant threat, uh, in terms of the fake news and all that. Uh, in that case, I think the government or MCMC has to take action, uh, to remove this, uh, harmful event. Um, I think unity government, um, as a unity government, they share, they should share the reliable news and the accurate news and from reliable, uh, reliable source. And then only you have credibility. Um, I think, um, this is, um, I think, uh, education department should also, um, have some, uh, short courses in, in terms of uh, educating our people about uh, you know, how to engage, uh, how to read this uh, news uh, in social media. So it's been said that Perikala National has successfully utilised social media to reach voters. Is PH prepared to navigate this uh, combat zone? Uh, yes, I think um, the one of the disadvantages of social media is uh, you know, a rapid spread of messages. And, um, you know, I think, uh, but with very slow response in terms of to reported violations. So um, that's why we have uh, a lot of uh, slanders and, um, you know, if you notice a GE15 campaigning, the PN in undated social media platform, especially TikTok, and blasting messages in WhatsApp uh, with purely hypothetical 
hypothetical issues such as uh, Christianity in Malaysia, LGBT, and DAP being communist, and uh, the possibility of the uh, repeat of May 13. Um, however, all these issues would drown uh, after the GE15 uh, election. Uh, it's proving to be nothing more than a negative propaganda. Uh, however, the PH would not resort to this kind of lies and fake news to the voters. So, um, I mean, simply put, what strategies do you have in mind to step up PH's game? Uh, okay, of course, I cannot disclose all the strategies uh, for the, the state election campaign. But in general, we have um, partnered with some of our inf- uh, own influencers and most of our supporters actually voluntarily become our own uh, cyber troopers. Uh, we have our own genuine enthusiastic supporters uh, who create their own content, user-generated content. Uh, I think recently also we saw, um, you know, like Ayim Razak, a stand-up comedian who made the joke of Menteri Yang Besar. That's uh, uh, coming from our own supporter. And um, I think our organization also have a media team that uh, closely monitors uh, relevant and online news. And if we find that there's a fake news or slanders, I think we immediately or promptly respond by fact-checking and uh, I think the, uh, contain the information. We also report such content to the authority. I think as a state government, we also, um, I think as a strategy, uh, we should amplify the achievement of Penang state government. I think uh, we should also uh, promote our uh, Yama Brahma, uh, Chief Minister Chow, who are well-received by Penang rights. I think... Um, they have uh, also to amplify Penang state government as uh, uh, conducive for investment and business climate and um, some of the positive achievement that uh, we have now since uh, 2008, last 15 years at the state government. Now, WhatsApp is quite controversial for being the uh, purveyor of fake news, but it is also often used as a more informal vehicle for political messages. Are there any plans to utilize WhatsApp, especially to reach an older voter base? Yeah, of course, uh, not only WhatsApp, but I think we also have some uh, other messaging platform as well. And then I think um, Signal or Telegram. I think Telegram is the uh, easy to use, I think easy to broadcast messages. And uh, they can be shared into WhatsApp as well. And I think for Chinese uh, older uh, audience, we normally use WeChat, okay? So, uh, but unlike PN, we would not resort to this uh, identity politics. Uh, we believe in more meaningful policies and address the need of the rakyat, the youth need. Um, we are probably underdogs when faced with PN's financial might in disbursing funds for the purpose of social media discrimination. But... We, uh, uh, I think um, we don't resort to lies and slanders. So the rhetoric from Prekha, the National and supporters often involves uh, videos and posts that paint uh, Pakatan and its allies as West conforming or anti-Malay, anti-Islam. Can you, uh, or do you rather, have a meaningful counter uh, and will you or would you not resort to similar tactics? I think uh, when you are in government, you have to uh, manage the expectation. I think uh, our PN has done very well in engaging with various groups um, since it took over. I think as government, you also are uh, able, I think, to meet up with students and civil servants without any restrictions. So I think to combat any uh, negative tactics by PN, I think we we are prepared uh, in terms of using some of the other vehicles to engage with uh, voters. I think our PM, Tamu Anwar, is very successful. I think the last one was in the Kelantan itself, in UNK. And a thousand of students have come to dialogue with him. And uh, that's a very good move. So the state elections are expected to be tumultuous and unpredictable if what we've seen over the last seven months is anything to go by. Do you think that Pakatan Harapan is adequately prepared to face this? Oh, yes, definitely. I think um, we have good machinery. We have, um, you know, been prepped for the state election, I think, uh, way back um, after after the general election. Uh, we want to stress here that our objective for the state election is to, uh, we call it Penang Elokdah, which is uh, Penang is, is already good and uh, you don't have to change. Uh, but I think as far as, uh, you know, PN's objective is more like uh, they, they use divisive and, you know, more uh, racial politics to win at all costs. I think you 
you can hear the recent statement by Tuan Ibrahim, uh, Tuan Man, uh, I think uh, regarding the PRN, where they say that after if if PH lose PRN, I think the government will be uh, tumbang, uh, come down. So, but it's, you know, their, their whole intention is to destabilize the federal government. They they want to use this outcome. Uh, it's merely to destabilize the federal government, regardless whether the consequence of uh, will have in our economy and our social stability. But uh, as far as Penang, uh, Pakatan Harapan is concerned, we are prepared to counter this uh, toxic uh, politics. Um, I think we are very successful state government. And I think uh, even uh, our Prime Minister Anwar uh, rating has been on the rise. And um, I think the choice uh, for Penang is, um, is between the you know extremist or divisive politics and the other one is uh, you know that we offer more unity government and progressive uh, development for all i think Penang voters are wise and they will know which party to vote for the future of Penang. Datuk Bhaktia, thanks for speaking with us. That was Datuk Muhammad Bhaktia Wanchik, Deputy Chairman of um, Deputy Chairman of PKR Penang and also their Election Campaign Director. Let us know, does social media affect the way you think about voting or about politics? And at the moment, which political parties or politicians do you think are doing well on social media? Who's killing it on the social media game? Uh, you can call 7733-2900, send a voice note or WhatsApp 018-789-8888 nine tweet us at bfm radio we have some messages on this so steve says i already know who i'll vote for but many people including me rely on social media for a lot of their news i just hope everyone remembers to fact check before forming an opinion especially really sensational headlines that are very common nowadays steve i really hope so as well i remember how before the previous election people were literally um, sharing screenshots of headlines which when read fully, when you read the article, it's actually saying a completely different thing. And and so I think that's very good advice for everyone, really. Yeah, there are two levels to it, right? One is the, the just the facts, but the other is the underlying narrative. And sometimes, the, for a lot of people, I think it... The facts might not be as important as the underlying narrative. You're feeling marginalized. It doesn't matter what people say about the world and whether the economy and inflation rates. It's just that that echoes your sense of where you are in the world. And, and that's sometimes what is really more powerful than the facts. Well, Naga is saying social media won't play a role in my decision to vote for a party. Most social media users are younger and these are people that the social me- that, that social media will influence in their voting patterns. Most often, real issues aren't discussed. Sentiments play an important role. Peer pressure also plays a role as well. So, Naga, what I find interesting about this, right, is I think that the way we think about social media can sometimes be a little bit narrow. Um, and, and I'll tell you what I mean. I, I think that we think about social media only as people actively going on apps or on websites and clicking, clicking, liking, sharing. But lots of things start on social media that then get shared on WhatsApp or that then get shared on whatever your your messaging platform may be. But they originated on TikTok or they originated on Instagram or, or YouTube, which is in its own way social media. So I, I think um, if you have ever spoken to a friend of yours or if you've received um, like an impassioned video by someone trying to tell you why this politician is the worst and how they're going to ruin your life, odds are very good that that was content that was made for social media. I see where you're coming from, Naga, in that social media uh, can be without nuance. It can often play on sentiments and emotions rather mm-hmm. than provide actual facts. But I also think that there is there are so many ways in which that can be used um, effectively and perhaps even for, for good, right? I mean, in the end, parties need to go where people are uh, to get their messaging across. And how that is done is really where the skill lies. And very quickly, I think what Bhaktia gives us a sense of with with Pakatan Harapan and the unity government as a whole is is a very clear framing. Forces of division versus forces of unity. And you know, it's a simple choice. What do you want this country to go? What direction? Which is a highly emotive subject. Um, I mean, when you say we're playing on sentiments, how do you have that conversation without it being emotional? 
All of which to say, does social media affect the way you think about politics or specifically how you vote? Uh, which political parties or politicians do you think are doing really well on social media, really getting the message across? You can call double seven double three two nine hundred, send us a voice note or WhatsApp zero one eight seven eight nine double eight double nine. Tweet us at BFM Radio. Being first matters. BFM. 89.9. It is 6.39 and you're listening to Inside Story with Lynn, Sharmila and Sharad. And together we're talking about social media and the role that it's going to play in the upcoming state elections. So today's show, um, we actually have representatives from three different parties talking to us about that very thing so that we can understand how parties themselves are thinking about social media. We heard earlier from PKR's Datuk Mohamed Bakhtia Wanchik. We are very shortly going to be hearing from Dr. Mazri Yahya who is a member of PASA's Central Committee. But in the meantime, we are asking you, does social media affect the way you think about voting or about politics? Uh, which political parties or politicians do you think are doing well at the social media game? That number to call is double seven double three two nine hundred. Send a voice note or WhatsApp 018-789-8899 and tweet us at BFM Radio. And now to the messages. Let's start with Shah, who says, Pakatan Harapan needs to go on overdrive on TikTok and drown out the green wave. Got to reconcile with Muda's policy stand because Muda does have principal stands on many issues instead of assailing them instead. Get on the same page, work with the youths. TikTok is spontaneous and short and simple. Fami is lagging behind. Yeah, so I, I wonder about this um, sort of seeing the minister as somehow, um, you know, responsible, unless by by Fami chief, chief no? of PKR, yeah. right? So uh, that I think makes sense. I mean, to the you know, uh, information chief should be coordinating all these efforts. But I think the whole thing about social media is it's actually quite dispersed. I mean, there's some coordinated stuff there, but in fact, its power comes in, uh, you know, creating a, a sentiment that's picked up by others and, and then framing it for others. I think that is where social media is most powerful. I actually really appreciate the mention of um, of TikTok being spontaneous and short and simple because I think actually that is such a struggle for political parties because why why that's not what they thrive on you know um, individual politicians perhaps but then once they have to end up representing the party as well then it gets complicated again because um, the beauty of TikTok is pretending that you just woke up <laughs> or, you know, pretending that you happen to be doing a walk and talk um, about, I don't know, taxes. It, I just happened to be near a swing, you know, <laughs> and, and doing all that. And I think that that can be very hard to capture in a, it, no, it might not be hard to capture. I think you need a very specific type of person who understands social media in order to be able to do that well. Well, isn't that why social media um, campaigns for political parties need someone in charge, someone who is an expert on social media campaigning and social media um, content, because it doesn't seem like they necessarily have a specific person. Um, you know, I'm not pretending that I would know how to do this. Um, but the truth is brands spend millions hiring experts to do this. Um, I'm not sure, Sharad, that I agree that it being dispersed and not necessarily coordinated is the way to go. Yeah, well, you know, we just had a recent example just today or yesterday of a coordinated attempt to create the sentiment uh, around the cost of living, right? Mm. And in fact, the, you know, the the what was foolish about this particular attempt was that they used the same text, and so it was distributed across media platforms. Uh, but yeah, so you can see it when it actually is uh, thought through in in and in, in coordinated in that way. I Mike interest actually in this upcoming election is look at uh, which political parties and the influences that they've managed to mobilize on their behalf. I think that will be very interesting because often they come with their ready base of people who are looking for an understanding of the world. So who PKR gets or who or PH gets and the unity government the coalition gets versus Parikatan versus the other parties. Sue Ng says, I don't understand why the former opposition and now government is doing so little to strengthen the traditional or mainstream media. That is how you counter the disinformation that spreads so easily online. 
I think this is a challenge that not just our government or our media scene is struggling with, right? This is global. Um, the New York Times just cut their sports section and decided that they're going to rely on um, The Athletic, which is an online platform. Um, so I think this is a larger conversation than just empowering traditional media. Of course, there are things that can be done, loosening our laws, um, you know, making sure that the industry is given more freedom. But I think some of this is just that the media scene is changing in very significant ways. Yes, Shireng, I understand your concerns because uh, for us who actually worked in the, in the traditional media, the mainstream media, we see all the benefits of that, you know, uh, the gatekeeping, the, the, the fact-checking, everything that goes on to make sure that the media represents a, as adequate a truer picture of the world as possible. Something that's not happening in social media because it's just structured in a very different way. Can we go back to it? Could we give mainstream media the task of correcting what's happened? I just don't think so. I think we've gone past it. The mainstream media is struggling to survive on a day-to-day basis. Well, yeah. I think that there is a role to play in terms of disseminating accurate information, as as has always happened, um, as has always been the, the call for it, um, a need to investigate and allocate resources for that, although with struggling media companies, that's not happening as much as you'd like. But I think to your point, Sherrod, about whether we can go back, part of it is the audience, surely. Yes. Um, because if, if attention spans have just drifted, if we've hit a point where people you're going to get much, much, much more eyeballs on a 30-second video than you would on a um, five-page article, then... Oh. That, then what do you do with that? Even half-page op-ed. Yeah, no, it's <laughs> that, true, it's that true. Used to, remember the star had star says and all these things, they were trying to shape the Malaysian public uh, perception of issues, right? That's what the mainstream media did. Uh, but of course, you know, I mean, you're right. I mean, some mainstream media still has a role. Well, the flip side of that is Amir is saying mainstream media will be controlled by the Madanonians government. Uh, I... I, I is that what we would call the Madanians? I, I, I think so. Yes. Um, yes. Uh, opposition supporters will definitely find info on SOCMET. So that's it, right? When there is a trust deficit in the media uh, because of our media ownership systems and because of the controls that we have on media, um, that's what drives people to, quote-unquote, alternative news sources in the first place. And uh, that was the that's the thing that a lot of media practitioners in Malaysia have been saying, that if we want to empower media, we have to start with allowing the media to do its job. Yeah, true. But I, I'm not quite sure about the mainstream media being easily controlled by whoever's in government. Because you remember in 2018, when Pakatan Rayat had its first chance at federal power, uh, this, a lot of the mainstream media was against them yeah. and, you know, in fact, campaigned against them. 24-hour coverage of the ISID rally, non, non-stop campaigning against that government. So, but... If we, we seek uh, to um, speak to the... The undecided, if that's the real community of people who haven't are going to swing things one way or the other, then which is the best way? I'm inclined to think, actually, as you said, the we've reached a point of no return. I don't think we're going to go back to the days of people turning to five-page articles to explain political systems. The audience is different. Let us know. Does social media affect the way you think about voting or politics? Uh, which political parties or politicians do you think are doing well on social media? You can call double seven double three two nine hundred, send a voice note or WhatsApp zero one eight seven eight nine double eight double nine. Tweet us at BFM Radio. Uh, we heard earlier from. Uh, Bakhtia Wanchik, who is from PKR. After this, we're going to be checking in with Dr. Mazri Yahya, who is a member of Pasta Central Committee. So keep it here, BFM 89.9. Be free-minded. BFM 89.9. It is 6.48 and this is Inside Story with Lynn Sharmila and Sharad. And together we are talking about social media, how political parties use it and the role it's going to play in the upcoming state elections. Let us know, does social media affect the way you think about voting or politics? Which political parties or politicians do you think are doing well online? That number to call, double seven double three two nine hundred. Send a voice note or WhatsApp 018 789 Tweet us at BFM Radio. 
Now, joining us, our second guest of this evening, Dr. Mazri Yahya, Member of Pastor Central Committee. Dr. Mazri, thanks for speaking with us today. So when we talk about social media strategy, many might say that Beikata National is ahead in the race. Do you agree with this? And what do you think PAS and PN have done right uh, so far? Yes, I think so at this point of time. I think if you want to talk about social media, I uh, if you go back to the GE15 and why PAS or PN had going so far ahead compared to the other our counterpart, yeah. Uh, in GE15, for instance, yeah, we have so many uh, restrictions in doing physical contact to our uh, uh, voters, yeah. So we purposely put more effort on social media during that time, and this is to. Uh, uh, to avoid this positive physical context and uh, to to the minimize, and we need to comply with the new norm uh, SOP prescribed, uh, uh, which prohibited drama, public speeches, walkabout, house to house visit, etc. So because of that, we create a dedicated unit under our for past, for instance, under information department, what we call as a new media unit during that time in uh, GE15, and this new media unit. Uh, the function is just to cater social media platform. And uh, since then, uh, uh, this uh, uh, unit has expanded and progressed so well and uh, successful, they gave a very successful outcome during our GE15. Yeah? So, uh, and for this coming elections, uh, we, we adopt the similar tactic or technique uh, in try to enhance our uh, social media unit. Yeah. Now, PN has been seeing a lot of traction from uh, social media platforms, especially TikTok. Talk to us about this approach. Is the goal here to reach out to a younger audience? Uh, yeah, uh, this is uh, very true uh, because uh, for past, uh, our voters initially, our uh, the first, I think, uh, our main voters before is uh, those who are in the rural areas which are more uh, towards uh, maybe we are talking uh, Saluran uh, 1 or 2, more than 50 years old. But then since uh, our uh, GE15 in which uh, new voters, the first timers, uh, 18 years old and above, so how to cater them? They are, uh, they are using more social media platforms compared to others. So that's why we try to tap this uh, group by using social media. And there are not uh, uh, there are not uh, any there is no uh, uh, social media platform in particular that we are talking about. Uh, it's not about uh, Facebook or TikTokers or something like that. But we try to cater all of uh, social media that we can. Yeah, and apparently for the GE15, something that also surprises us is that uh, TikToks has been used as so aggressively by our uh, use, and this gives a very good outcome to us. Now, according to a report by the Centre of Independent Journalism, PAS and party president uh, uh, Tan Sri Abdul Hadi Awang were the biggest amplifiers of racial uh, narratives, especially through its uh, TikTok platform. How do these approaches fit into PAS and Perikata National's wider media strategy? Okay, uh, for... Uh, this is the narrative that being uh, used by the uh, Westerners and uh, and I think uh, also by our opponents. Yeah? Uh, they try to curb the distributions or disseminations of info uh, by using 3R, right? the racial, the royalty and religion as a boogeyman. But if you see, for instance, yeah, in Malaysia as compared to Western country, uh, if you take uh, U.S. for instance, uh, racial issue is not like what they practice in U.S. Uh, they they cannot differentiate between race, racial, and racist. Uh, in Malaysia, we don't have that. And if you compare, for instance, uh, in terms of um, uh, uh, accumulations of wealth, in the U.S., 10% of wealth uh, is being controlled by the white. And also the same thing with politics, around 10%, uh, only 90% uh, is controlled by the white and politics also 90% is controlled by the white. Uh, discriminations, racial discrimination is very rampant. But in Malaysia, it's 
no such thing yeah no such thing we we live with very calm culture since our independence maybe one or two incidents in such as uh, our 13 may and besides that we don't face the same uh, uh, the same uh, what we, what is happening in us yeah? uh such as if you take uh, uh web accumulations for 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 example in malaysia 90% is being controlled by non malays and we uh, give a very uh uh meaning everybody can get whatever they want everybody can practice what they want uh, so the racial issues the uh, royalty issues the religion issues is only being created Uh, so that people afraid to vote for Perikatan National and PAS. So what is our job uh, uh, for Perikatan National and PAS is to change this uh, narrative, okay, so that people aware what is happening. And then we, although PAS or Perikatan National, if we win the elections, uh, we don't change anything. So everybody can live happily as what we are now. Yeah? So these are the messages we want to uh, uh, convey to our populations. Right. Um, so a lot of your content is quite clearly targeted towards Muslims and conservative Malay audiences. Is there any concern that this might alienate non-Muslim or non-Malay voters? And does that matter to the party? Okay, uh, if you see uh, from the few uh, elections that have been done before, GE14 or GE13 until GE15 now, yeah, uh, the non-Malays already made their own decisions regardless what you do. Uh, although you give them a very concrete evidence, a fact and figures to them, they already made decisions that they want to vote for uh, anything that related or those who supported the AP. So I think maybe... Uh, Uh, since uh, GE14 uh, and GE15, uh, because of past, it's already made a uh, decision not to join the EP. So uh, the non-Muslim, whatever you do, whatever you want uh, them to know, they won't. So that's uh, what is happening now. And to overcome that issue is a bit difficult for us. Uh, so what we do uh, in past, for instance, we have what we call as um, uh, DHPP, the non-Muslim uh, 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 wing uh, in uh, the, the idea of this non-Muslim wing in past to uh, to try to tap uh, this group of people, okay, and then try to engage with them, and we also have Lajna Perpaduan National Unity Lajna uh, to overcome that issues, and then we uh, do engage with uh, some other uh, media platform, uh, so then so that they can uh, understand at least. Uh, what is past struggle and why actually they don't have any options uh, besides voting for past. But uh, eventually, whatever you do, um, I reckon a bit difficult for them to accept past at this point of time. So the upcoming state elections will see uh, a social media battle because of the ramped up campaigning on social media with both Pakatan Harapan as well as Muda taking that approach. Uh, do you think your party is prepared to face this and to maintain the foothold that you currently have on this front? Uh, I think uh, it is uh, uh, the one that we uh, uh, already engage in. And we, as we know, social media is a very powerful driver drivers for change, yeah? And uh, the privilege that we have at this point of time in social media uh, have given us so, ma so many advantage. And we don't enjoy this privilege before. And if you see uh, the previous uh, elections from the, uh, our independence until the last few elections, eh, uh, when uh, the media, the mainstream media control everything, uh, and then opposition is very uh, already being sidelined of uh, uh, try to convey their message uh, before. But because of this uh, advance of uh, social media te technology, uh, make uh, uh, easier for us uh, to convey our message. And hopefully with this uh, social media and the engagements by the youth to us, Uh, can uh, uh, give a, a good impact uh, for Perikatan National and Pakat and uh, uh, Perikatan National and PAS, uh, uh, especially in these uh, state elections. And uh, and uh, one thing that we want to stress is that uh, in social media platform, uh, the the problem with PAS is that we uh, we are not rich party. Uh, we don't have a certain amount of uh, cash. 
to pay to our uh, uh, influencers. So everything that being done is usually being done by they are volunteer to do it, and we don't give anything. So this is a difference what has been uh, uh, stressed by or what is this uh, Rafizi or uh, uh, the current government. They try to portray that. Uh, those who support us and then create their uh, uh, content in social media being paid by the party, but it's not so. So, so we hope with this volunteerism uh, by uh, the uh, our youth especially uh, can give a further advantage to us and Perikatan National. Dr. Mazri, thanks for speaking with us. That was Dr. Mazri Yahya, member of PASA Central Committee, weighing in on social media, which is the topic of tonight's show. After this, we will also be hearing from Muda. Keep it here, BFM 89.9. Burning for more. BFM 89.9, The Business Station. It is 7.08. You're listening to Inside Story with Lynn, Sharmila and Sharad. And together we are talking about social media and how it is going to affect the upcoming state elections. We are asking you, does social media affect the way you think about politics or how you vote? Um, And are there politicians or political parties that you think are doing it particularly well? You can call us, you can send us a voice note or WhatsApp, you can tweet us. Uh, Let's start off with a voice note that came in from Raj Kumar. Yeah, hi guys. I think, um, you know, I definitely voted for uh, Pakatan Harapan and... uh, but of late, you know, I, I think uh, the media has gotten to me in a sense where I don't know because uh, Anwar seems to be a very a socialist person and, you know, it's almost like the T20 or M40 is being punished, you know, with more uh, bills and even like petrol subsidy. Well, I understand, you know, that to help B40s and stuff like that. But then again, we're also citizens, we pay a lot of tax. Um, the only benefit we have right now is, um, um, you know, petrol subsidies, which we are an oil-producing country with 30 million people. Why not? Petrolas is making so much of money. Anyway, um, so, so yeah, I'm, I'm a bit like, um, I don't know, I'm on the fence now uh, because Anwar is not so friendly with us and is very uh, anti, uh, you know, M40, T40, T20 and stuff like that. So maybe this is uh, due to the media. I don't know. Raj, thank you for that. So a number of different thoughts, including uh, that of how the media, not not so much social media, but the media can, uh, or the media's reporting can highlight specific focuses. I think it's interesting that, um, so to talk about emotive issues, right, and this is, of course, something that social media can do particularly well, the issue of money and the issue of rising cost of living and whether my taxes should go towards other people, alleviating other people's burdens, I think is 100% something that social media can frame in very, very particular ways. So um, I'm not surprised, Raj, if if you say that um, the conversation around it, whether on traditional or social media, is sort of getting you to rethink who you might want to vote for. Yeah, it would be interesting because if you had a socialist in the room, they'd be saying Anwar's not socialist I was, enough. Yeah, yeah. That was quite oh, no, true. And then, and then the, on the other side, the people saying, "Oh, they're socialists," and then the people are saying that JP's communists, and all these rather strange assertions that are being made about other people's. Uh, position on the on the political spectrum the question i would ask you raj is okay so you're not happy with the socialist orientation as you call it of the parent government who are you going to vote for Mm, uh, especially if the basis of this is primarily economic Uh, because then Mm. it becomes a question of who is communicating those sorts of economic policies in the clearest or most appealing way. Um, Meanwhile chris says i wonder how people can be swayed by just a 30 second video I think that, I mean, Chris, this is a question, this is like a multi-million dollar question, basically. Because people part with their money because of 30-second videos. But isn't it an accumulation of 30-second videos? It's not one video, it's a string of videos, it's the algorithm that actually is what is swaying you. Yes and no. I think with an influencer who is... um, with an influencer who really knows what they're doing, who has a wide enough base um, and who really understands content, it might just be one 30-second video. The uh, basket of deplorable Hillary Clinton thing and how viral that one... It's not even a 30-second video, but the number of times that swayed 
on the fence voters um to you know basically saying she doesn't think of us as equal to her um and got them to vote for Trump that's a 30 second video that could change minds it could but i think you'd also have to say that you know hillary was part of a narrative or what the mm. liberal consensus is or you know and in fact you know by then the mud, the waters were so muddied in the american politics you know don't know much about it but yeah i mean the accusations against hillary went beyond just an inopportune characterization of people right well um some people are naming specific folks and parties steven says site sadik best impact on social media zaki meanwhile says we are attracted to the, to the so-called genuine factor on social media the more genuine we perceive the message or candidate the more attractive and meaningful their message resonates not all political parties have a coherent or coordinated approach to social media based on the previous pru i think pn did a good job in utilizing it to attract youth votes and then they reap the rewards Well this is the thing you were saying earlier about the walk and talk and the oh this just happened to be there right I was literally thinking of Said Sadiq doing a walk and talk actually But it is part. true though right the thing with social media is that it thrives on um it thrives on a certain combination of one entertainment but also sincerity and and I'm not saying they may really be sincere but the better you are at portraying earnestness sincerity honesty uh the more I think the more followers you attract online that's just how it works. I think I think of social media as a distribution channel, right? I mean that's what I think it really is because the before social media there were always those uh, politicians who knew how to communicate. I think of Anwar as a great communicator. I think of Amate to some extent as a great communicator. All these guys I think uh, in Malaysian politics are top of their game. are in fact there because they communicate very simply some core message that resonates with a segment of Malaysian society well but they communicated on stages they communicated on tv interviews through media interviews now you remove that filter um and the communication and the style of communicating changes i think Keep those thoughts coming. We are talking to you about social media and asking you uh, essentially does social media affect the way you think about voting or politics uh, which parties or politicians are doing well on social media. You can call 7733-2900, send a voice note or WhatsApp 018-789-8899, tweet us at BFM Radio. So today we've heard from PKR uh, and then after that we heard from Pass. We are shortly going to be hearing from Muda uh, who some might argue should do the best um based on demographic based on digital nativity so anyways we'll come back and discuss that after this keep it here bfm 89.9 budding fresh ministers bfm 89.9 The business station. It's 7:16. You're listening to Inside Story with Lynn Charmel and Sharad, and together we are closing off a conversation on social media and state elections, or social media and politics. And we're asking you for your thoughts on that. You can send them our way. Call us, uh, send us a voice note, or tweet us. In the meantime, uh, we did promise you three parties, and we are closing off now with Muda on the line with us. We've got Lukman Long, uh, Information Chief and Election Director at Muda. Lukman, thanks for speaking. With us um, now, Syed Sadiq has announced that Muda will be implementing a new style of campaigning for the state elections, with the majority of it being held online. What can you tell us about this and what that might look like? So the very idea why uh, Muda leaderships, both uh, in the central committee as well as the state leadership, uh, decided that we should invest more of our strength, time, ideas, and energy. towards a fully digitalized campaign uh, reason being is uh, we can foresee that uh, in the upcoming elections to come and also in the previous election in Malaysia and outside Malaysia that uh, people now communicate and engage uh, in a faster pace with uh, digital campaigning um, back in 2021 uh, me and uh, i think few of the moderate leaderships we were also the one who uh, gauge that in the upcoming GE15 back then um, that the next biggest battleground for election would be on tiktok uh, reason being is very easy is because uh, the attention span of our uh, viewerships are getting shorter uh, people are more engaged now in online platform rather than going to the cerama Um, and obviously the outreach is much bigger 
Um, for example, like uh, in the last GE, we can see that political parties that take advantage of uh, social media platforms to engage with their voters and supporters gain the most. Um, and the result and the outcome uh, really reflect the investment that they had uh, on the upcoming social media, uh, uh, on the upcoming election. Um, hence why I think Buddha, we decided to focus more on the digital campaigning, but as well as uh, we are running our campaign on a very limited resources. We do not have uh, big war chests. We do not have uh, the energy to go against a flag war. Um, you know, as many, you go and put as many flags on any areas that you are contesting. We are not able to do that. Um, we are not able to go uh, and reach out to do multiple trauma frequently in every each and every week. So I think uh, engagement via social media platform is the best way to go. And I think I put my bet on uh, social media engagement as the best way to do campaign in the upcoming state election. Now, Perikatan National, of course, is already establishing ground uh, on social media. Pakatan Harpan is aiming to ramp up their social media game. How does Muda plan to make a mark in what is already a crowded online space? How do you plan to stand out? Of course, when we are talking about digital campaigning, it's not just about doing live TikTok um, and try to do a Q&A session with uh, the supporters um, on our social media platform, on TikTok, Facebook Live, Instagram Live. But we are trying to do everything to be digitalized. We are trying to do our virtual uh, crowdfunding. We are doing our virtual town hall. Uh, we are very actively uh, planning on doing a Zoom recruitment session where we would recruit many volunteers, put them in a Zoom session and to discuss why uh, they should volunteer for Muda and what can we offer to the people in the upcoming state election. So what we are trying to do in order to make it different than uh, other political parties, including Pakatan Harapan and Perikatan National, is that we are trying to go fully digitalized, fully digitalized on crowdfunding, fully digitalized on campaigning, fully dig digitalized on educating the voters and um, to launch our Get Out to Vote uh, campaign. Um, and the idea is because we know for the state election, uh, people are not as invested in it compared to general election. And so we are trying our best to capture and grab their attention at all time. Um, as you can see now, many Muda leaderships now are very active on social media platforms. Uh, Seth Sadiq himself has been doing multiple uh, TikTok live, Instagram live every single day. Um, we are doing Q&A, uh, we are doing uh, fundraising and what more. Yeah, so will online campaigning be different from state to state or, or have you divided the states between the Pakatan-run states and the Parikatan-run states? So uh, as of now, we are trying our best to treat um, the elections across six states equally in the sense that uh, we are going to open up uh, candidates' applications across all six states. There is no one singular state that has been excluded from this effort. We are trying to engage with as many Muda members across all these six states. Um, we are trying to deliver the best people-centered manifesto across all six states, regardless of where we are contesting and regardless who are the state government in those particular states. So um, I think it is a very open-ended campaign, uh, fully digitalized, um, and we'll do our best to cater to everyone's appetite, uh, to get the alternative, to get the third force, running in their particular states and area. So this coming state elections, just like GE15, will come with new possibilities and unpredictability because of a much larger, younger electorate. Uh, with Muda being a younger party, both in age and also as candidates, do you think you'll have the advantage here in reaching out to these new voters? Um, I believe that uh, the advantage will always be there as long as you run the campaign effectively. What I'm trying to say is, me, for example, I have a fair share of experience uh, running and leading a campaign for a very young candidate at 25 years old in 2018, uh, which is uh, Seth Sadiq then in MUA. Um, and although MUA never really voted for the opposition party then for the past three to four terms, they managed to go out and vote for something new because they want changes. They want new things. They want fresh ideas. 
so what we are trying to do as much as, you know, we have limited amount of resources, as much as um, our parties are not the biggest coalition out there compared to Pakatan Harapan and Perikatan National, what we are trying to offer to the people out there is to run an effective campaign that by the time the polling date was announced, people can truly understand what is Muda Ideals for this election. Uh, people can uh, understand and aware of who will be their representative that are going to contest in that particular area. Um, people are going to be able to say, oh, I've engaged with the Muda leaderships through their digital campaign because the campaign has been running effectively. So there is this perception, right, that Muda is a party for young people um, and that might only appeal to the people from that demographic. How do you plan to use social media to reach out to older and perhaps even more conservative voters? Mm. So, yeah, number one, Muda is not, you know, feel by younger group of society, right? Um, I mean, our oldest uh, members, I think someone has mentioned it repeatedly that, you know, our oldest members are ranged around 88 to 91 years old. So we do have supports from uh, the older generation and the more senior generations, right? But I do believe that in this upcoming state election, we can still reach out to the older generations, to the senior groups uh, in, in, in the community, simply because now even the older generation, a more mature audience, are also on social media. Last time in 2020, I remember that people always said that, you know, TikTok is for younger generations. TikTok is only for youth, 18 years old, 19 years old. But if you truly witness and study last GE15 campaign, you can see that even the mature audience are also engaging with their political parties, with uh, candidates through social media. Even, you know, I can say my uncles, my aunties are all on TikTok and Facebook. Um, so I don't think that the issue is are we able to reach out to them to go and campaign with the uh, more mature audience, but I think it's a matter of mobilizing as many Munda members. You know, whether you are young, you are students, you are uh, uh, private uh, uh, from the private industry, you are government servants who might support Munda. Or even you are some entrepreneur who has been in, in your business uh, community for the past 20 years, when you are a bit more mature, the challenge is to make sure that all of them go on their social media, open their platforms, sign up uh, on TikTok, on, on Facebook, on Instagram, and run their own effective campaign to outreach to their own communities. Um, so that is a challenge. Uh, I acknowledge such challenge, but I think... Um, uh, the progress over the past couple of weeks when I engage with Muda members, old and young, are quite promising. Now, uh, another challenge with social media, particularly is about its numbers, likes, comments, shares, can be misleading about support on the ground. How will you gauge support for Muda accurately? I think as much as, uh, you know, viewerships, likes and share does not truly represent um, the number of votes and supports given to each political parties. Um, I do think that it is going to be a very positive uh, progress that would uh, driven Muda members to go out and campaign harder uh, for this upcoming state election. I understand uh, that you know total number of viewerships does not equal total number of supports, uh, but I believe that uh, you know online campaigning is the best way to do and run campaign now. Simply because, you know, while you are doing online campaigning, it's more of an interactive two-way of communication rather than when you go out to Ceramah, when you, you have a big stage, you get speakers to go and do their own little Ceramah. Uh, it is not as interactive as when you do live on TikTok, right? So that is one of the things that I think would give more advantage in our campaign in the sense that it allows us to remove a barrier between the speakers, between the pencerama, between the Muda leaderships and their supporters. I, I truly understand that, you know, the appearance might not translate into votes. Um, but same goes to flat game. You know, if you see many political parties out there who try their best to 
you know, put their banners, their flags all over uh, uh, any areas that they are contesting does not equal to them winning the election. And it was proven from time to time again. Uh, so it is important for us to acknowledge that while the viewerships and the attention given to Muda is increasing, it does not mean we have to stop campaigning now. That was Lokman Long, Information Chief and Election Director of MUDA. And uh, that is the third of the three parties that we spoke to today, um, in which we've been trying to just take a look at how how political parties are thinking about social media, how they plan to use it, particularly in the state elections. So in case you missed it, earlier on, we heard from Dr. Mazri Yahya, who is a member of Pasa Central Committee, and before that, uh, Datuk Muhammad Bakhtiawanchik, who is from PKR Penang. So um, let us know. I mean, does social media change the way that you think about politics? Does it change the way you vote? Um, you can send us a WhatsApp 018-789-8899. Tweet us at BFM Radio. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.